Well, I just have to say again uh, how great it is to see all of you here today. Um, I was talking to Janet Peterson at the uh, back of the sanctuary today, and she said, you know, Steve, I've been thinking about it. You've been here nine months. And I said, I know, nine months, and I've probably met 20% of the congregation. Uh, so I, I'm pretty extroverted, if you don't know me. So I could tell as I was greeting people at the door, I was just getting more and more energized <laughs> meeting all the new people, at least new people for me. So I look forward to getting to know you, meeting you over at the uh, picnic today as well. And I'm just excited that it feels like things are going back to normal a little bit. This has been, um, it's been a rough year and a half. And I just, I just pray that we're moving toward, toward a little more normal time, that this may be the last surge. Um, I encourage you to pray for our country too, that this may, we may just be moving toward a normal time. But this is our homecoming Sunday. Um, you can tell that things are ramping up around here. The activity around the church is just growing. Uh, even activity down here in Piedmont, you know, it's the first time that I've been in Piedmont and school begins in session and, you know, it's not real crowded down there, but you can tell. Uh, things are ramping up. As I've been thinking about this coming year for us as a church, uh, it is a very important year. Um, I would say, I, I have had some people tell me, this is the most important year in the life of uh, our congregation for a long, long time. And I would agree with that, that we are at a pivotal point in the long history of Piedmont Community Church. Uh, it's going to be a year of transition, no doubt. And a tr transition always brings with it challenges and risk and, in a sense, some sort of adventure because in transition we always move from what is familiar, at least I hope we move, from what has been familiar and comfortable and what we're used to into something new. I mean, there's just no doubt it's going to be a season of transition and of risk and um, adventure. And I say that because I think God has this habit of calling us to risk, to step out in faith, and to trust him with our future, whether that is us as individuals or we as a church, as a corporate body, if we are walking with God, we see this pattern over and over and over in our lives where we feel this nudge from God to take a step of growth, to do something that uh, is going to help us grow closer to him or to each other, to grow um, in our faith. God doesn't leave us in comfortable places all the time. And that, that's kind of surprising for people because I think oftentimes people think Christianity is kind of this safe little journey. And I would say exactly the opposite. That if we live a life of faith and trust God with our lives, he's going to ask us to step out of the boat. Remember that story I preached on a few months ago about Peter walking on the water. There's this great book that a uh, fellow Presbyterian pastor wrote called uh, You Can't Walk on Water Unless You Get Out of the Boat. <laughs> we can't grow 
We can't become the people that God wants us to be. To live life to the fullest. Unless, unless we risk. Unless we grow. And here's something that maybe some of you haven't heard. You know, growth is one of the primary uh, things that God desires for us in our lives. The Christian life is not a static journey. It's a dynamic journey of God working in our lives, causing us to grow as people, to grow in faith, to grow in trust. And so there is this pattern of God nudging us with, you know, and you may ask, well, how does God nudge us? Well, sometimes it's through a sermon. (laughs) That's why it's important to be here (laughs) every week. Sometimes it's through friends. Sometimes it's through reading scripture on our own. Sometimes we hear God's voice. I don't, that's never happened to me, but I've met people who it has happened to. Usually it's that still small voice that's nudging us to do something. It's a pattern in the life of faith. And the scripture that I'm going to read this morning is it. It pictures this pattern in a beautiful way. And so let me go ahead and read it to you right now. It is a very uh, not well-known scripture. In fact, I'm willing to bet that many of you have never read this scripture before. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 32, uh, verses 9 through 11. And let me, let me uh, pray before we read this. God, we pray that we would hear your still small voice this morning that you would speak to us uh, in a powerful and uh, clear way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty, howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as He would guard his own eyes like an eagle. And here is the key today, the picture. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young. So he spreads his wings to take them up and carry them safely on his pinions. Great picture of the life of faith. Let me set the context a little bit for you so you kind of understand what's going on here. This is a song of Moses. Moses uh, is singing this song that he has written, and he has led the people of God out of slavery, the Exodus, the big event of the Old Testament, where he leads the people of God through the Red Sea out of the oppressive rule of the Pharaoh and years of slavery and into the wilderness to what amounts to be 40 years of wandering in the Sinai Desert. Now, believe it or not, I've ridden my bike through the Sinai Desert. I really have. There's not a lot out there. (laughs) You don't want to be stuck wandering around in the desert for 40 years. But that's how long it takes for God to shape his people into a new people. You know, I I was thinking about this this week. 40 years it takes 
people to learn how to be free people. They were under this oppressive rule, and now they're free. It takes a while. I was thinking of this in terms of Afghanistan. It takes a while to learn how to be free. And just as a side note, you know, God gives in this time of wandering the Ten Commandments. And really, the Ten Commandments are a charter of freedom. If you want to live as a free person, as free people, then obey these commands. If you break them, you will break yourself against them. So God is shaping these people to be his people, to be a light to the nations. And he's working with them and teaching them how to trust, giving them manna every day, just enough, so they trust him for the next day. And after 40 years, they move into the promised land. He teaches them how to trust him and they were a stubborn people, so it took 40 years. And in this beautiful passage, Moses is reflecting on how God related to his people, how he interacted with them, how this process of growing in faith actually happened. And he uses this beautiful picture of a mother eagle. And here again, we see another feminine uh, image of God. This mother eagle and her relationship with her chicks, her little eaglets. And he says, as an eagle stirs up its nest, the Lord guided him or them. Now, here's what you need to know. One of the main goals, of course, of a mother eagle is to do what? It's to help her little eaglets become big eagles. Strong eagles that can live on their own. She wants them to grow. And one of the primary lessons they have to learn is what? How to fly. And so this picture is this mom teaching her chicks how to fly. She doesn't want full-grown eagles fighting over a little bitty, itty-bitty nest, right? And so what... A good mother wants to do is, is to teach them how to be independent, how to hunt, how to get worms and then squirrels and other such eagle delicacies. <laughs> but even more than that, the mother loves the eagles. She wants them to do what they've been created to do. And that's to fly. I mean, all you got to do is look at an eagle. You know, they've been created to fly. You know, our place in Montana, we have um, osprey. And there's a nest right near our property. And you can tell these things are created to fly. And uh, just a little side note here. My, my dad, who was a Montanan, pretty rough guy, you know, these osprey, which are fishing eagles, you know, would come down and get trout out of our trout ponds. And so he got out his shotgun. And here I am <laughs> studying environmental uh, justice and, and 
all this uh, studies at UCSB, and I said, Dad, those are endangered species. You know, you can't just shoot them. And of course, Montanans, they don't care about that. <laughs> he said, you better, you're damn right those things are in danger if they keep getting trout out of my pond. <laughs> but you could tell these things are built to fly. That's what they've been created to do. And so she wants them to know that there's much more in life than sitting in a nest, looking over the edge, being fearful of venturing out. So what does she do? She stirs up the nest a little bit. And <coughs> eagles, when they build their nest, they put in you know, little sharp pebbles, other sharp things, so that when she stirs up the nest, it makes it uncomfortable for these eaglets and they want to get out and she even pushes them a little bit to leave the nest and learn how to fly. Are they fearful? My guess is they probably are. You know, I've never seen an eagle's nest on the ground, have you? I've never even seen an eagle's nest four feet off the ground. They're usually way high up in the tops of trees or on the side of a cliff. So it's scary. And she pushes them. Here's what's beautiful. At the end of this passage, what does it say? The, the mother eagle was very involved in this process. He, she just doesn't push them out and then let them fall. No, it takes a while for them to strengthen their wings, to grow, to learn how to do this. So she hovers. And when they begin to fall, she comes down with her pinions, grabs them, takes them back to the nest. And they do this over and over. You see the life of faith? Isn't that a beautiful picture? I love it. You know, I've, I've heard one sermon besides this sermon on this passage, and it was right after I became a Christian, you know, 50 years ago. But I remember it because it's such a beautiful picture of the life of faith. God interacting with us as the eagle interacts with her chicks. That's an exciting Christian life. And I think what happens to a lot of people is they don't trust God with their lives, and they don't risk. And they don't step out in faith. And if you do that, the Christian life is kind of boring. So, what does this tell us? Well, it issues a challenge to us, doesn't it? Are we going to grow? Are we going to step out? Are we going to stay in the nice, comfortable nest, or are we going to learn how to fly? And are we going to grow? Because God wants us to grow as people, as people of faith, as a church. God wants us to grow in our relationship with him. To know more about who he is. To grow in our intimacy with him. He wants us to live by faith. He wants 
us to grow uh, in our service to him. He wants us to grow in character, in love, in hope, in faith. He wants us to become more like Jesus. You know, a lot of people don't know that's really one of the primary goals of the Christian faith. There's this big theological word. It's called sanctification. It's growing in the likeness of Christ. Growing in things like love, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Growing in our, our heart for the world, that our heart would break the, in, in the things that break the heart of God. God calls us to risk. And here's what's interesting, is God never quits in this process. Remember one of my first sermons I preached from Philippians 1.6 and it describes this process in the New Testament. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. They're going through some difficulties. Right at the beginning, he said, be encouraged for I am confident of this very thing that he, God, who began a good work in you, who began this process of growth, Salvation. I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began this work will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God doesn't quit. I said in that sermon, God is like a bulldog. Grabs on to something, doesn't let go. He'll keep pushing and trying to help us to grow our Response is vital. Well, we say yes. So, here it is. Our theme for this year, guess what it is? <laughs> Will you grow? Will you grow this year? As I've prayed about our year together, I think I want us to double down on our commitment to, to God, on our commitment to each other, our commitment to this church. You know, like I said before, it's key year, pivotal. We are evaluating everything, evaluating everything about our church. About where we've been, where we are presently, where we're going. You know, the mission study team is going to do a lot of that work, and they are a great team. They're going to work hard on this. But we need you to give us input. We need you to think and pray about the future of our church and what God is calling us to do, where God is calling us to grow as a church. Because I think God wants us to thrive. God wants us to grow. God wants us to be a vital church. He'll do the work. He'll send the wave. But we got to surf. Going back to our SoCal roots, right? That's why I wore shorts today. No. So we need you to give us input. Help us to figure out what God is calling us to be as a church. Maybe God is calling you to be open to him for the first time in your life. You know, we can go to church every day, 
every Sunday all our lives and never really be open to what God's doing in our lives. And maybe for the first time, maybe at the beginning of this year, you say to God, God, I want you to be more real in my life. I want to know you in a deeper way. Will you do that? Will you show me what steps to take? And will you give me the power to take those steps? Maybe that's your challenge this year. Maybe your challenge is to grow in love for each other. You know, one of the reasons we're starting these small groups is so I call small groups uh, laboratories of love (laughs) to learn how to love each other. And we've been hitting that hard, you know. Two important things in the Christian life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love each other as yourself. It's pretty simple. Can you grow in your love for each other by actually gathering together in a small group and talking about things of faith, having spiritual conversations that you're not going to have at work at Salesforce, most likely. But can we do that? Six weeks. Can you commit to that? You know, next week I'm going to start a series on uh, what I call the three G's, grace, gratitude, generosity. I think the three building blocks of the Christian faith. Great description of the Christian faith. I'm really excited about this. This series will go all the way till the end of January. It's really our stewardship sermon because grace and gratitude series because grace and gratitude are the basis for us giving our lives away and becoming generous people. So it'll be grace for six weeks, gratitude for four weeks, Advent for four weeks, and then generosity in, in January, and that's where we're going to have our stewardship campaign. I have to tell you, i got to warn you, I'm going to challenge you to give financially like maybe you never have before. <laughs> I love talking about money. I'll just warn you. <laughs> I have no qualms about it. I get pumped up about it. You know, some pastors are afraid of it. I'm not. (laughs) Because it's not about money. When you talk about money, you're talking about who you are. You're talking about really important things, what you value, what you prioritize in life. So it's not about money. It's about this your heart. And God, Jesus talked more about money than any other topic except the kingdom of God. You know why? Because Jesus knew that if he had your money, he had this. And that's what he wants. Where your treasure is, there your heart will go also. So, will you grow? in your relationship with God, in your relationship with each other, in your commitment to this church, in your commitment to giving. Get ready, baby. (laughs) We're going to have a good year. It's an adventure that we will experience together. Amen? Amen. God, we thank you for this life of faith that 
is so dynamic and real and alive if we trust you. So we pray that this would be a year of growing in trust, growing in faith, growing in love, growing in hope, growing in character. Lord, whatever it may be, I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts and that we would respond, that we would get out of the boat and take a risk and that we would experience the joy of walking with you in a life of faith. I give you thanks in advance. I think it's going to be a great year, so we're grateful to see what you will do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and take this morning's offering.